Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal rights to the airwaves. The program is broadcast from the 3CR studios in Melbourne, Australia and streamed live via the 3CR website. Recent podcasts are available from both the 3CR and Freedom of Species websites. All podcasts are available via iTunes. Welcome to Freedom of Species. I'm Kate Gracie and I'm in the studio with David Huen, the founder of Melbourne Climate Safe. Welcome, David. Thanks, Kate. Happy to be here. So it's been mid-40s across Victoria this month, and February could well be higher. How are you feeling about that, David? Uh, hot, sweaty, uh, irritated. Uh, it, uh, it hasn't been particularly pleasant. It, it's been quite a uh, heat wave here in Melbourne. But, um, the plants aren't happy. Uh, the animals certainly aren't. Think of the, the animals in the wild, uh, you know, let's just hope that uh, there's enough water out there that people leave um, so that uh, they can continue to stay hydrated. Yeah, it's anxious times. It certainly is. Now, you founded Melbourne Climate Save last year, and so your group now is one of the newest kids on the block locally with Melbourne Sheep Save, Melbourne Goat Save, Melbourne Chicken Save, Melbourne Fish Save, Melbourne Cow Save, Melbourne Animals and Laboratory Save, Melbourne Rabbit Save. There might be more that I've missed. I'm not sure. But Melbourne Climate Save clearly doesn't fit the pattern of, of these animal rights groups. So tell me, what's happening here? Sure. Climate change is real. It is a crisis. We are in a state of climate emergency. That's why... Um, cities around the world, including our local councils, the city of Darabin, the city of Yarra, take for example, has declared uh, their cities in a climate, in a state of climate emergency. London, uh, with the push of uh, the resilience, the persistence of uh, climate activism group Extinction Rebellion, declared uh, London a climate state of emergency in um I think it was November 2018. So the issue is real. Uh, it, is, uh, it is confronting and it, it is necessary that uh, global grassroots activism uh, movements such as SAVE and, and now most recently the Climate SAVE movement, which is a another arm of the SAVE movement, a worldwide network of uh, uh, activists uh, standing up for, for justice. So it sounds like the SAVE movement is broadening its scope. It's no longer just about animal rights. It's sort of redefined itself. Tell, tell me, what's, how has that kind of evolved? Yes. Um, so, yes, it, it, uh, it started off as a... Uh, uh, 
animal rights group that uh, would bear witness, attending vigils uh, where people would uh, provide some love, comfort and affection uh, to innocent, vulnerable, defenceless animals who are driven to slaughter daily. 56 billion factory farmed animals are slaughtered annually. Um, so that's how it all started in Toronto, Canada. Just a small group of people uh, stopping a, a truck filled with hundreds of, of, uh, of um, pigs or cows or goats, intelligent, social, sentient beings um, on, on their way to their death sentence. Babies, mostly babies, between 6 to 12 months old, um, bred just so that they could be killed. And, and what for? Um, who knows? Because we certainly don't need them anymore. We certainly don't need to eat them anymore to, to be happy, healthy and alive. Did the climate safe movement within, within the greater safe movement, has this been given a blessing by Anita Crunch, who the founder of the, of the worldwide safe movement? Yes, uh, look, I, w- I wouldn't say it's, um, you know, it's a blessing. It's um, the Save movement is quite um, anti-hierarchical, uh, uh, so it's it's rather flat, and and it, it, it's uh, we uh, you know work hard towards um, ensuring that everyone's opinion. Uh, and input matters. So I, I dare say it would have been through uh, collective consciousness um, coming together to raise the necessary uh, call to action uh, and strengthening or, uh, you know, uh, calling for more activism, um, be it across the animal rights uh, network movement or ordinary um, people good folk who, who want to step up and, uh, and take action um, because, to put frankly, the governments and, and society isn't, isn't, isn't doing quite enough. So how does Melbourne Climate Save or does, how does the Climate Save movement relate to an animal right, what is largely an animal rights movement? What, what's the connection? The connection is, is the, the importance of the general public across the world, understanding the significance uh, of the impact of animal agriculture. Through animal agriculture, we are destroying our planet. We are cutting down trees. We are deforesting. We are overfishing. We are changing the ocean chemistry. Coral reef are dying. 50% of the world's coral reefs have died. 90% of fish have been taken from the ocean. 80% of the Amazon rainforest is cleared for animal agriculture. Animal agriculture is not sustainable. We have ever-increasing growth in, in global human population. Uh, it is growing exponentially, and we need to meet the demands of, of this rapid growing population. And um, it needs to be at the forefront of the everyday consumer, person, 
household that their daily choices matters. That what they do, how they do it, the decisions that they make, where their where their money goes, all matters because at the end of the of the day, their money money being spent on Animal protein, meaning meat, fish, dairy, and eggs, will continue to support the demand and therefore the supply of animal agriculture. So, so what are the objectives of Melbourne Climate Save? We work with the various Climate Save groups uh, around the world. Right now, of which how many are there roughly? Yes, there are. Groups um, in about twenty different countries. They, uh, wow! Yeah, that it's all f- phenomenal. You all formed at roughly the same time, it, it like in began, the last twelve months. Yes. Right. Yes, wow. So it's yes. been quite a a two thousand and eighteen thing that occurred. Yes, and okay. it, it's still it's still a thing. It's uh, so there are sixty local groups or chapters across these twenty countries across all continents. And uh, including eight that have have just been um, lined up to to announce, um, confirmed, and and so so it is it is uh, quite a growing social justice movement. Um, yeah, right. So you were saying sorry the the objectives of Melbourne Climate Save. Our objectives are to work with the global climate save groups around the world. There, for example, our current campaign is the Amazon Rainforest Emergency. This is our first campaign as a movement and it will be an ongoing campaign. When we last checked, there were 6,000 signatures on the petition which is will be submitted to the United Nations and the Brazilian government. Why? Because the new Brazilian government, which who was inaugurated, Jair Bolsonaro, was inaugurated on the 1st of Jan 2019. He made it very clear that he will privatise out the Amazon rainforest for animal agriculture predominantly and mining. He has appointed an environmental environment minister, Ricardo Salles, who has stated that climate change is an ideology. So our objectives are to work with the Global City uh, uh, Climate Save groups in conjunction, in parallel, uh, in sync. Uh, Secondly, it will be to work with community, our community here in Melbourne and Victoria. Some of the uh, 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 campaigns that uh, is on in the pipeline is um, to save the birthing trees, sacred birthing trees, just um, uh, 10 kilometres outside of Ararat. I personally will be uh, attending these actions to sit in trees um, and to show solidarity to the First Nations people and the importance of their land, of our land, collectively, nature, uh, the importance of, of nature, and um, to really invoke 
uh, a calling and rally people within the city, across all cities, to um, to get up, to get off their seats and to get off their backside, to uh, to show that they care, they, that they care about about existence, <clears throat> about existence of all. Um, uh, about our future of, of of our children, and and um, at the current rate, given the uh, the 2018 special report by the IPCC Intergovernment Panel on Climate Change on the impacts of global warming of at one and a half degrees above pre-industrial levels, it uh, it is estimated with a high confidence that uh, we would reach. One and a half degrees Celsius between 2030 and 2052. So that is possibly, quite potentially, in 11 years. So we are running out of time before we, the planet reaches one and a half degrees global warming. And this will lead to uh, irreversible consequences to the planet, to the livelihoods of, of, um, of all. Now... Melbourne Climate Save recently staged a peaceful rally on that issue that you spoke of, on the Amazon deforestation. And um, I attended that rally. It was an interesting rally. Just, I, wanted to un- I wanted to see what Melbourne Climate Save was doing, so I attended that rally. So, uh, But I want to hear from you. What's the significance and the relevance of the Amazon to Australians? And, sh- and shouldn't perhaps we be instead be engaging on, on the local deforestation issue instead? Absolutely, and we um, we intend to. Uh, as I said, we will support uh, local uh, environmental groups. <clears throat> we will uh, co-host. We will also attend local um, deforestation actions and anti-logging. The Amazon rainforest has a significance across the planet. This is an action targeted towards, on a global scale, towards the entire planet. And as, as I touched on, uh, all the cities that, um, where there is uh, a climate saved group, imagine the reach. So look, the Amazon rainforest is sacred to the wildlife. It is sacred to, to the indigenous people that reside there, that call it their home. Now, if Bolsonaro comes in with his bulldozers and begins to cut down trees, clear the land, burn the trees, what will be left of the land and the homes of of these poor animals and people that call it their home? This is the same situation, this is this is the same story that we've seen, we've experienced uh, around the world. Take Australia, for example. Through uh, the invasion and the colonisation of Australia, what uh, this type of uh, injustice has, has resulted in uh, for, for the First Nations people of, of, of this land and country. People's rights are neglected. People are oppressed. Animals are neglected. The planet and our environment is not even considered. 
when Bolsonaro and his ministers clear the trees and they, and they burn these trees, what does it do? It releases carbon, more CO2 into our atmosphere. Exactly what the world doesn't need. Rainforests, trees, uh, carbon sinks. Their importance to that ecosystem for that region must not be underestimated. And so the importance of preserving such a significant part of, of this planet must be understood by the people of this planet. Hence, the current focus on, on the Amazon rainforest, given this new uh, chief of staff that has been appointed and, and their outright uh, intention to, not, to put, frankly, not give a damn. So what would you regard as a successful outcome for that rally that you held in, in Melbourne that was observed by many different um, pedestrians and shoppers in Melbourne CBD? If people stopped, and they did, we, we saw that, stopped, what they were doing to pay attention to what we were doing, to what we were saying, to what we were singing, to what was shown on the signs and the messages that it conveyed, it may lead to changes in daily choices, changes that, that the individual and households can simply do to contribute to, more, to a more greener planet and to carry out their lives uh, with the least amount of carbon footprint and land footprint that they can. And they can do that by no longer supporting animal agriculture. And most people say that fossil fuels are the number one climate change culprit, but you're suggesting that livestock farming is of a, of a, perhaps of a similar impact. Can you expand on that? Like perhaps you could give some comparisons to give us some idea of the scale of the problem of livestock farming as an impact that drives climate change? Sure. Fossil fuels through the burning of you know, coal and gas um, for production of energy is, is certainly the leading source of climate change. And this is uh, antiquated methods of harnessing energy um, that uh, are decided at the governmental and, indu- and, and, and at the industry level, at the institutional level that... Uh, the majority of ordinary Australians cannot really do much. Animal agriculture, farming livestock, is a significant contributor to greenhouse gases, which is what is causing climate change. Changes in our climate, in our environment, and warming up the planet, warming up the planet way too fast. Animal agriculture... In 2017, contributed approximately 18 to 20% of greenhouse gases. Now, in that year, that output of greenhouse gases exceeded the greenhouse gases emitted by the transport sector combined globally. That is a testament to animal agriculture's contribution and its impact to the carbon footprint 
on this planet, farming cattle, sheep, pigs, goats, chickens,、uh, emit about six billion tons of greenhouse gases annually. That includes carbon dioxide, methane, even more toxic than carbon dioxide, and nitrous oxide. Now, of that six billion, to give you an idea, two and a half billion tons of methane is、uh, emitted from livestock digestion. About two billion tons of nitrous oxide comes from producing feed for livestock, and one and a half billion tons of carbon dioxide comes from land use changes such as animal. Uh, pastures. This is、uh, obtained by a CSIRO report,、um, which、uh, came out in 2016, titled、uh, "Nature's Climate Change." So, to give audiences, listeners,、uh, an idea, animal agriculture, with the increasing global population of humans, will no longer be. A efficient, nor will it be a sustainable method of supplying food to feed the world. Animal agriculture cannot feed the future. It is less efficient and a unsustainable production method of providing food, and that is why we advocate here at Melbourne Climate Save and the Save Movement worldwide that a vegan diet. Can significantly lower our carbon footprint. That is the one single thing that each and every one of us, and our families and our households, can do to reduce our footprint on this planet. Do you think veganism is the silver bullet in terms、uh, of climate change? Good question. Tough question. Veganism is a necessity for. Mankind, if humanity is to evolve, because veganism is a it's a position that one takes to to go about their lives without causing or contributing or partaking in any form of violence, of animal abuse, of exploitation, and oppression. Of other sentient beings, you're talking human evolution. That veganism is a necessity for human evolution. What about for human survival? Yes, it is one to to answer your question, to partially answer your question, Kate. It is, it is one of the silver bullets in order to tackle climate change. So you're saying it needs to be done as well as a bunch of other steps. Yes, of course.、Okay. Renewable energies, reduction in waste. Uh, refusal of uh, plastic, uh, the move away from consumerism. Communities need to come together. Governments and borders and industries must come together to mitigate,、um, in order to produce zero net emissions of carbon. So it is one of a、uh, a few uh, necessary uh, actions that collectively we need to. Uh, adopt if we are to. Can I swear? <laughs>、uh, if we are to change the world 
to make it a uh, livable place, not just for our children, but for people, our gen here and now, here and now, yeah. in our lifetimes, Kate, because we don't have time to wait for organisations and uh, lobbyists and politicians and governments across borders to come up with token commitments or alleviate through uh, you know, grants or, or funding. We need action. And to go vegan, to be a vegan, means you're eating plants. You're eating fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, and grains. Your, your money is not going towards animal agriculture. It's a political act, isn't it? It is. It is through the act itself. Mm. Because virtually each step of livestock production processes, you know, uh, contributes to uh, climate change or pollution in one way or another. Uh, it ends up in our atmosphere or our waters. Uh, use of, of land, uh, use of, uh, of water. It's very uh, resource intensive. Mm. To give you an idea, land allocated for raising livestock for both the animals themselves and land to grow livestock feed crops is equivalent to North America, Central America and South America combined. When you compare that to the land allocated for human consumption, uh, which of course excludes land allocated for raising livestock, this is only equivalent to the region of the East Asian Pacific, which ends at southern Thailand. So it is an extremely poor and inefficient use of our land resources, which are finite. On top of that, Kate, there are over 10% of the world's population, about 800 million people, malnourished, hungry people, without access to food. Yet... We harvest crops, we would clear forests, we would cut down trees. It's releasing more carbon into the atmosphere um, so that we can then feed factory farmed animals who get their protein from plants. Do you think people don't go vegan because they think, well, me going vegan isn't going to make any difference unless everybody else goes vegan? It's like, I'm not going to make that sacrifice unless everybody else does. There's no point in me being vegan on my own. Do you think that's an obstacle for most people? It is a uh, common mentality. How do we overcome that to encourage them this political act is a worthy one and it, and it has an impact? Education has a strong part to play, informing people through the importance of nutrition, that nutrition comes from plants. Seeds, nuts, grains, fruits, vegetables. Maybe that's it. Maybe if you get them on board because of it's not a sacrifice, it's actually they will benefit from it. Absolutely. Maybe that's maybe that's the key. You win them over because they're gonna they're gonna personally going to benefit from it, rather than talking about it as a sacrifice for the greater good. Because most people, it would seem, unfortunately, aren't motivated by by the greater good. They're motivated by what's of a personal benefit. Yes, and, and so you talk up the personal benefits, and then the greater good, greater good comes follows. second. Indeed, and it is it is um, a a strategy that has has been in place for for many years now across the um, animal rights 
and uh, undoubtedly across the uh, environmental movement mm. that we seem to be struggling for people to make change for the greater good, then we, we can talk about and we talk about what benefits them individually. Mm. And health is very important to many people, the health of themselves, the health of their loved ones and their mm. families. Mm. And if only people knew. I, I really wonder, you know, what percentage of the Australian public, Kate, actually truly understands the impacts of eating animal proteins? I'm uh, sure they don't because we've culturally we're told again and again and again how much we need protein, that protein is the key to strength and fitness and intelligence and blah, blah, blah. It's embedded in our, in our society. And calcium, right? And calcium, of and course. comes from dairy. You know, it, it's sort of key to our, our nutritional education to date is we need calcium and protein. Yes. And it's, I know it's crazy. You look at these, you look at gorillas and you look at buffalo and you look at, you know, the strongest animals in the world. Elephants. Elephants are all herbivores. Absolutely. Uh, and we have an increasing number of athletes. Novak Djokovic is on a plant-based diet. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton, Formula One champion. I wonder if they've then come around then to making becoming the connection. Eth- yeah, ethical vegans or, 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 or environmental vegans. I wonder if they've made the connection. Did they come? Did they go health first and then come around to the greater good? It's a very fair question, Kate. And um, I know there are Premier League footballers that have stated uh, in interviews, appeared in articles that. Um, Initially, it did start off going vegan, going plant-based for health. Uh, some of them followed by the environment, such as uh, as myself. And then ultimately, they made the connection. They, they got more immersed. They were more open to expanding uh, their love and compassion towards all beings. I became a vegetarian for uh, health reasons, thought it was for, for good of the environment, until uh, I learnt you know, through the internet, websites, uh, documentaries, what the health, cowspiracy, forks over knives, on the uh, impact of animal agriculture, what my money was doing to support these industries, industries that are destroying the planet through its methane emission, carbon dioxide, land clearing, water use, intense usage of, of land, food wastage, and what it was actually doing to to the planet. And at that point on, I I said to myself, after being vegetarian for two and a half years, that I wasn't going to partake. That, you know, what I, uh, my desire for cheese was less important than how strongly I felt for the planet uh, as a greenie and, and uh, how unnecessarily it was for my health. Because I learned that um, eating... Animals, dairy and eggs, all contain cholesterol. And that's, you know, uh, all of the animal proteins and, and food types do not provide us with fiber, which is so important for good digestion and good health. You know, when you eat animals, sure, you get some protein and some calcium, but that's all you get. You don't get any of the essential, you know, building blocks that make us healthy uh, human beings such as vitamin A, 
Bs, Ks, trace minerals such as magnesium, selenium, zinc, copper, and all the nutritional elements could be obtained from eating nuts and seeds and omega-3 from hemp oil and sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and eating fruits and vegetables provided me with everything that I needed to to be uh, healthy and and fit, you know, and I needed to be because I'm a rock climber and uh, I needed, uh, you know, strength and uh, energy, which you can certainly get from eating plants without the impact to to the planet. And to my to, and to my health. Tell me about the new rally that you've got planned. Yes, I do, Kate. Uh, on February the sixteenth, uh, we've decided to take a slightly different approach with this event, the second event. It's, it's titled uh, Amazon Rainforest Emergency, which is a hashtag uh, followed by for love of the land. So, it, it's got a, a couple of meanings. Uh, love through its proximity to Valentine's Day, which on February the 14th, there will be about 25 groups across the world. I think the number has increased now with new groups forming and and committing to action within their respective cities to come together in solidarity to show their love for the rainforest. A symbolic gesture, but also a practical one because of the current situation in the Amazon and Brazil right now where people's lives and animals' lives are being threatened for greed and profit through unsustainable methods of growth. So where is this rally taking place? Yes, it's taking place at the Carlton Gardens. We'll gather, do a few loops, create a bit of a presence, and uh, followed by we'll then split up and uh, across the park, across the gardens, uh, speaking to people, raising the awareness uh, there'll be, you know, flyers on recycled paper. We'll talk to them about the situation in Brazil. We talk to them about, you know, simple ways that, and things that they can do, you know, as individuals and households and families to improve their lives, to reduce their carbon footprint on the planet and to reduce the uh, exploitation of animals. Fantastic. So that's happening on February the 16th. What day of the week is that? That's on a Saturday. That's a Saturday. What time? It's, uh, it's at day? Midday. To three o'clock. So you've got a, a an event page on Facebook, I take it? Yeah, we do. It's titled, so they, people search Amazon Rainforest Emergency for Love of the Land. That's our next event. Uh, following that, Kate, there will be a film screening. Uh, this is the inaugural, so there will be many more to come on the Sunday the 10th of March. Okay. Yes, uh, so that that's titled The Significance of Our Oceans because... We need to highlight the importance of, of the ocean and the role it plays. 70% of the Earth's mass is filled with oceans. And within the oceans, we know plankton lives. 40% of planktons have been wiped out. Now, plankton provide us with uh, through photosynthesis with clean oxygen. Coral reef, through its symbiosis with algae and plankton and other various plants, coral being an animal, are fast becoming extinct. 50% of the world's uh, coral reefs are dying, have died. And and we have, in Australia, we've witnessed that. We know of this through the coral bleaching events. 90% of the fish have been taken from the ocean through overfishing, commercial fishing, aquaculture. It is affecting the marine biodiversity and the ecosystem that exists within our oceans. If there is a disruption in any of the natural food chain, then there's going to be someone left behind, someone not eaten through through nature. And, for example, the starfish were getting to the coral. 
So this is this screening, which is the significance of our oceans. Where's that taking place? So the screening is uh, the screening of um, a, a documentary, award-winning documentary, directed by Julia Barnes. It is called Sea of Life. Oh, okay. So the event's yes. called The Significance of Our Oceans, but the movie is called The Sea of Life. Yes, it is. Right, gotcha. And yes. where's that happening? Uh, at Long Play. And where's that? Uh, Long Play is a, a bar with a small cinema at the back. In. In North Fitzroy, St. George's Road, North Fitzroy. Okay, great. So you've obviously you've got an event page for that as well called The Significance of Oceans on the 10th of March. Yes, on Sunday the 10th of March. I'd like to add, Fantastic. Um, Kate, that on that morning there uh, will be a, a beach clean-up. Oh, great. Where's yes, that at? That'll be at Williamstown Beach. Fantastic. At uh, 10 a.m. Okay. So the idea is to get there, do a clean-up, and then for those who uh, are tied up that day, great, fine. Yep. Um, for those who are interested in coming to the screening, they will go home, take a rest, and then come out to the screening venue at Long Play, and the, the, the film goes for 90 minutes, followed by an optional dinner next door at uh, one of the Melbourne's most iconic vegetarian, vegan uh, restaurants in town, Mor- the Moroccan Soup Bar. Oh, wonderful. But it's the Moroccan Soup Bar to go. It's their yeah, um, right. yeah. sister business, Yep. Um, but it's not purely for takeaway food. There's there's a courtyard and there's a, there's dining area in the restaurant and it's right next door to Long Place so Perfect. strategically yeah very strategic yes so and whereabouts in Williamstown is the beach cleanup uh it'll, it'll be on Main Williamstown um, the main beach beach yeah okay too easy that's great now so where do we find out more about Melbourne Climate Save if if we want to get involved or just to learn some more information certainly you can uh, Facebook Melbourne Climate Save or Search Melbourne Climate Save on Instagram as well. Okay. Uh, we bring to you events and, you know, uh, headline information that is happening throughout the world, but also uh, particularly what is happening within our group and events and actions that we take in place or have taken place to spread the awareness and the importance of, of protecting and preserving our planet, our animals and our people. That's great. Thank you. We've been talking to David Huen of... Melbourne Climate Save, which is the one of the latest groups to join the Worldwide Save movement. So we're just going to take a break for a song. Now, this is a song that David's recommended. What have you got for us, David? Kate, I've got uh, Land of Confusion by Genesis. It's an oldie. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Phil Collins. So, look, I, I suggested this song because whilst it was, you know, written and sung uh, some decades ago, three decades ago in the 80s, it's still relevant in what is uh, in the crisis and what we are dealing with today. That That is, there is a lot going on. There's lots of information, lots of data, lots of suggestions and opinions. People are confused, but there is something that we all can do to make a difference. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to Fill in the Dots, you know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, Fill in the Dots. 
3CR Community Radio. You got it right. You've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 855am. We're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976, and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape, and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch, and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers, and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR Community Radio, and we've been talking to David Hewan from Melbourne Climate Safe. Now, that's it for the show. I said we were going to have a break, but I lie. That's actually it for the show. We're going to wind up now, but you can follow Freedom of Species on Facebook and on Twitter. And I'm going to leave you with another song that was recommended by David. It's the Warumpi Band's Black Fella, White Fella. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.